That's fine. I got sponsors. Make all it right, strong. Hello. We're all here. We made it. Quickly, sponsor shout out. BetDNA.com for all of your testing needs. Use code shit happens for $5 off the crypto panel. Uh, BetDNA.com. Depending on who your neighbor is at a show, you might need it right away. Right away. <laughs> and then all of our lovely sponsors, we won't go too long, but uh, Stone Age Ball Python, Pacific Northwest Local, BNS Reptilia. He's doing way too many pitchofas. He's desperate. He told me the spaghetti is everywhere and he needs help. So message him and just pre-order before we have to take pictures. Powerhouse Pythons doing uh, ball pythons and cocoa and some stemsons and leopard geckos now up in the Pacific Northwest. Small town exotics. Shane will be on the auction this weekend. He needs uh, to sell some big juicy breeder uh, ball pythons. So if you need a juicy breeder ball python, come to the auction. And he'll be at Tinley next week. God, what week is it? Oh, almost 10 days or something? Yeah. Yeah. Great family snakes. They're in like the DG VPI Pied combo project. And they also work with Sanzania. And they're from Alabama, which is cool because they have the best corn snakes around. Let's just be honest. Check them out on Instagram and more market. And finally, Bravo Zulu. She's into puzzle stuff, all kinds of fun stuff. She has her own website, so you don't even need to go to Morph Market. Skip that. It's boring. Morph Market's boring. Straight to <laughs> RoboZuluReptiles.com. <laughs> As always, the worst ad reads on the internet. Um, I do this. I'm never getting any better. But <laughs> let's go around and like introduce ourselves because maybe somebody doesn't know you. 30-second uh, elevator pitch. John, you start. John Felix Cloach, El Paso, Texas, uh, focused on mostly on ball pythons right now. Um, I have probably about 10 different species, but ball pythons is all I'm breeding right now. So, yeah. Jen? Yeah, Jen, heretic reptiles, kind of new kid on the block. I've uh, owned reptiles pretty much my whole life, but um, just really started getting serious about snakes in particular and uh got ball pythons corn snakes king snakes sand boas um am i forgetting anybody oh i just got a new rat snake so i think i'm kind of finding my path is colubrids um i, I kind of like a little bit of everything but colubrids really kind of my passion love how curious they are and how fun they are to interact with so um that's me i'm I haven't produced a clutch yet, so I'm kind of a, a fraud <laughs> at this point, but um, definitely getting ready to go and moving in that direction and growing up animals. And um, so, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Marissa. All right. I'm Marissa Hippohorps. Uh, last year, just got back into the hobby after about a six, seven year hiatus. So the landscape has changed quite a bit in that time. Um, so. This year produced some ball pythons and corn snakes. Next season, I got set up with some awesome leopard geckos via these holdback rack auctions. So I should be mm -hmm. having geckos shooting out pretty soon too. Um, but yes, very much a little bit of everything. Colubrids are awesome. I have some bull snakes coming from Chris at BNS, hopefully in mm -hmm. a few weeks. So I'll be getting my bull snake on soon again. <laughs> Steve. Great. All right, um, Steve from Steve's Morphs um, out of Brooksville, Florida. Small breeder, 
consider myself a small breeder um, to all the major shows and a lot of shows around Florida, um, some Atlanta shows also. Strictly ball pythons, that's all we do is ball pythons. We have about, we have a small colony of redfoot tortoises, but that's the only other species we really dabble with. We have some pets that are, you know, some blue tongues that we have, uh, leopard geckos, stuff like that, fat tail geckos, but that's pretty much it. It's strictly pretty much just the ball pythons is all I do. All right, sweet. We did it. We did the introductions. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. All right. The first thing that's that troubles me is I got there at 11 on Saturday and it looked like a Sunday at 345. So do we want to like talk about just the door number guesses? I know they don't release door numbers for the show. Uh, I, I noticed that the VIP that is usually packed that looks like a normal show, like say a Repticon that I go to. That's what the VIPs usually look like on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I saw maybe three badges that said VIP. And they time. weren't really, yeah, that was on Friday for setup. Um, wow. Saturday was pretty light. Um, Sunday was about the same. I say it was about the same attendance. And I wouldn't say the attendance was really horrible. It's just not what we've seen in the past few years. Um, right. But it's two weeks before Tinley, too. And a lot of people travel to that show. So I can't see people doing with the economy the way it is right now and all the expense. I can't see people traveling to both of those shows within two weeks of each other. And if I had to pick one to go to myself, it would definitely be Tinley. And are you, down. Are you vending Tinley also? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right, John, you were back in the corner. Uh, I was how, back. How, how did you feel about the number of people who made it back to the corner? Um, well, like <laughs> in the corner. Just let it out. This I isn't your show. Like so whatever feelings you have, time. you can. <laughs> um, I would have traded places with them. <laughs> from the attendance, like I, I got out of the booth a few times just to kind of see because I was – I was kind of baffled. So, like, even in that corner, I've always been in that corner in Arlington. I usually get a decent amount of people walking past the booth. Um, I think the entire weekend I had, like, maybe maybe 25 to 30 people legitimately stop and, like, look at the booth, talk, strike up conversation, something like that. So mm. It was very much down from what I'm used to. Mm. You saw where I was, and you saw what oh. was right across the street from me. So, um, big reader. We're that? not we're not going to mention any names, but they had a fifty percent <laughs> off sale. So every time somebody turned that corner, that's all they saw. And there was a lot of people buying, purchasing lower end snakes, and they really didn't know too much about them anyway. So, if you see fifty percent off. You're going to jump to that table before you go to another one. And I'm not saying the snakes were all healthy. Everything was good on his table. It's just that 50% off really kind of put a damper on anybody even looking at my stuff. Do you think if he had, like, done put the signs up on Sunday, that would have been more fair? Or I'll, I'll be somewhat honest. I don't think the last two shows they did there, they did very well. Um, oh, where where I did. I did. And I was right across from him two you know for two shows two or three shows and i did very well so but also there was a different clientele there also i mean because i usually talk to breeders that are working on projects and stuff and there was not a whole lot of that out there and not a lot of familiar faces either walk in the crowd you know 
So when you don't have that group of people coming that are spending the money, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult. When you have a lot more, you know, Repticon kind of pet people, first-time owners and stuff, they're not coming to my table. They, they, you know, they'll look at some stuff, but they'll look at some prices and be like, eh, I got to go. Not, not what I'm looking for. Those are more like, you know, banana-looking people kind of thing. You know, they were looking for banana combos or banana pies. or You're not going to find that on my table. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, I'm kind of a breeder for other breeders, I kind of think, you know, try to think so as. Um, so I don't produce a whole lot of pet stuff. If I do, it's going to be my byproduct. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I do all the local Repticons by me, and I do really well. And, but we get a mixed crowd of people. We get people that are, you know, already breeding, people that want to get into breeding, and then you have the first-time pet people. And the first-time pet people that probably went to the other table and bought snakes, they went home, and they probably went down the rabbit hole of going online and seeing everything. And now the next time they come to a show, they may look differently at different things. Mm-hmm. They'll see a bigger, you know, a bigger picture. They didn't just see, you know, 50% off and lower end snakes. They'll see more that they can do. And it might, you know, spark them to do more. Right. So let, and anybody can chime in. Why do you think mm-hmm. the budding breeder crowd was not there in mass at all, really, this time? Or is it just... Is it just because like they couldn't sell their banana uh, combos at their show, and so they just don't have the money to come in and buy a thousand dollar snake or two thousand dollar snake, or is it more more than that? I I seem to think that some of the smaller breeders that go around and sell their snakes at the show, they usually come to the bigger breeders and spend money with them once they've sold so many snakes. There was no, there was nobody really even selling a whole lot of low end stuff. So mm-hmm. that kind of hurts everybody when, when the lowest people in the show, not the lowest, but the lower end people that sell like more of that stuff, lower end stuff, when they're not selling, we're not selling. Right. There's nobody really coming in and just spending $10,000 mm-hmm. and you know, the hundred and $200 snakes are sitting on the table. When the $10,000 snakes are selling, everything is selling. Uh, right. I guess I beg the question, like how much money was in the room, which is always like a good question. Uh, like, you know, the money like- was there. I'm not going to say the money wasn't there. It was like, so with the vendors, kind of to piggyback off of what Steve was saying, like, you see it. I know I know myself personally, I took that step this time. This is my first time to say, okay, I have investment quality or like investment level animals on my table. And to have no one even look at those, like, that was a slap in the face, which is fine. I understand. We're not mm-hmm. all going to have... Like every show is going to have its ups and downs, right? Um, but I finally got out of that pet level. But I know me, myself, as that smaller breeder trying to step up every single show, and I, I'm notorious for it, right? Like I don't bring money home. I, I'm one of those foolish people that is continuously reinvesting. Um Everyone got hurt on this show because the money was in the vendors' pockets, but the vendors weren't moving their animals. So they weren't comfortable buying from other vendors, which happens a lot at the big shows. Like you'll see it's almost a tick for tack. If you're doing good, then your neighbor's doing good. Or Steve, all the way in Florida that I only see twice a year, is gonna do good because I'm gonna go see Steve because I know he has a couple of things that mm-hmm. I want to add and 
I don't want to pay the shipping for Florida to Texas. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wait till Steve's in front of me, right? Um, yeah, but, I guess the, like if, 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 if 100,000 comes to the door, record. like it moves around the room mm-hmm. 10 times and it's actually like half a million <laughs> after a while. Right. But, it, but, but also, but if, like from the buyer side, like when you see a big crowd, and business happening and there's a lot of back and forth and engaging conversation, you're kind of drawn to that. And it seems to spread around those tables in the immediate area versus as, you know, as a buyer, I'm primarily going to these shows as a buyer at this point. Um, and I'm walking by and it's just dead where people are sitting behind their booths and not engaging, or, you know, even if I'm standing there and seriously looking at an animal and they can't bother to look up from their phone for two seconds, like I, I'm moving right along because there's nothing that special that I want to I agree with that, to that person. Like I care more about the person who I'm doing business with and, and building a relationship with, because let's be honest in this world, like how often are we truly doing a deal, getting one or two snakes, maybe a group, and then never ever talking to or engaging with that person again. It's just as much networking as it is acquiring those animals for your collection. So like, if you don't have the time to have a conversation with me or even say hi, and ask me how I'm enjoying the show, like I'm scooting along. So uh, like there's a reason why certain certain people like attract that crowd and that energy and the money seems to circulate within that little little sphere of influence. Well, I try yeah. to talk to everybody who walks by. Everybody who walks mm-hmm. by, I say hello to. And and honestly, when Jessica walked up and, and we started talking, I was like, wow, this is the greatest conversation I've had here this weekend. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was just, I actually talked to some of the people that were at the gaming convention next door and they were developers for Call of Duty. And I was like, you know, they were asking me about snakes and I was asking them about Call of Duty. So it was kind of cool. I mean, they knew nothing about what I was doing. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a gamer or anything. My my son is. So I was asking questions for him. Um, But it was more or less, I mean, not a lot of people engaging but I know exactly what you're talking about. When you walk up to a table and somebody's talking on their phone, I've been to tables where I was ready to purchase a snake mm-hmm. and sat there for five or 10 minutes and they didn't even look up once. And I decided yeah. I didn't want to do business with those people. No, your money is going to walk right on over to a different right. table. Yep. And, and the you're going to support that other person. The people sure. that were selling stuff I see were the people that were out there hustling hard. Not, mm-hmm. ex- they, not that, you know, some people didn't do well and were hustling hard, clearly. Mm-hmm. But it, I wasn't even going was to buy. Deal. I it wasn't was even going to buy money. and ended up mm-hmm. buying from a breeder just because we had a good conversation. I started looking more at what was on his table, looked at it. And I was like, what the heck is this? And he started, we started talking. He's like, mm-hmm. come on out to my facility. You know, we, we had a great conversation, bought a snake. Wasn't even mm-hmm. planning to do it. Um, so... It, that it's like actually that same breeder was like those days are over where you can just sit back and be on your phone and you know not be engaged yeah exactly Mm -hmm. it's that's not gonna that's not gonna work i personally you have to sell yourself honestly as a breeder you have to the person has to have confidence in you to purchase from you Uh, if they don't have that confidence you don't have any kind of connection or whatever nobody just walks up and says i want to buy that snake here's my money I mean, yeah, one in a million, sometimes it happens. But for the majority, you're not really selling anybody a snake unless you're really talking to them mm-hmm. and engaging with them. But I, I look forward to the conversations when I go to the show. So if you ever see a post that says, um, stop on by and talk snakes, that's 100% what I'm there for. I want to have those conversations. I want to talk to people. 
I usually have my daughter and my wife there. They sell snakes. I, I, I want to have the conversations. <laughs> I want to talk to people about stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about projects and different things. I'll, I'll pull stuff from behind my table just to show people different things, just cool projects that I'm working on. That's not even for sale, you know, but that's more about me. I, I've got a, a strong passion for the animals and I really like creating different ones. But mm -hmm. some of these people I know at one point, three, four years ago, when they saw everybody doing well, you know, COVID and all that stuff, and they all invested real heavy and they raised a bunch of stuff up. And now this is their first season and it's fallen flat. Mm -hmm. So nothing is really moving. So everything you invested, that's, those are a lot of the people you're seeing dumping their collections now too. And I so said well, it there's a lot Saturday of night, I think, I think it was with you. I was like, how much you want to bet we see like, at least four or five people try to dump a collection after this weekend. I've already seen oh, few many. people post it. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I, I get about three a week. They're they're not huge collections or anything like that, but it's it's people that invested in the last two to three years and they're not seeing a return. And we need more buyers and fewer breeders. Yeah, I, I mean, mean but we're flooded too. <laughs> As I'm um, getting into breeding, right? Yeah. I mean I usually do, you know, just under two hundred clutches a season, but I had injuries this year and all that kind of stuff that went on so i had to take a break in between the middle of my season i fell in march off the ladder and broke both my arms and that was pretty dramatic but um a lot of my breedings got put on hold girls that were building and stuff i didn't really breed for a month and a half to close to two months so i mean mm -hmm. some of them i was able to get my daughter to pair for me but other than that it didn't happen so but i already planned on doing a smaller season i definitely said i wanted to be under 100 and I'm going to fall right about um, about 92 or 93 clutches this year, mm -hmm. which I'm content with. It's still a, a lot of snakes. Um, I'm not flooding the market, and I'm making a lot of stuff that I want. And I think that's what this season is about because we're not going to be moving the animals we've been moving in the last few years. So mm -hmm. if you're doing clutches right now, you're doing pairings, it better be something that you're working on for yourself. Don't just do it for shows. That That's kind of you know, blown out the window now because they're not moving at shows as, as they were, no matter what price you put it out. You know, and everybody's seen the price drops on everything. I mean, Desert Ghost Clowns were ten, eleven thousand dollars last year. You can pick one up this year for four thousand with some size to it. So, and, it, and honestly, it really doesn't matter what price you're going to put it at. The ones that are up there for four thousand dollars aren't moving either. So and there's more every day. Yeah, and and it's it's not you know the money. I think people are afraid to spend money. I think that's part of it. The economy is really starting to press on people now. I mean, the first bit of the year, everybody gets tax returns, everything's going good, and then gas goes up to three, four dollars a gallon. Everybody's insurance and taxes doubles and triples. You know, it, it makes it hard, especially if you're a hobby breeder, to go out and spend more money if you're not mm -hmm. selling your stuff. Right, it's the, the like catching the falling knife problem where you're not yeah. sure. When so a lot of people invest. are afraid to invest right now. Right, but like, mm -hmm. anybody who's been in this business for at least ten years, you're seeing it like this. It's a wave. It goes up. It goes down. It goes up. It goes down. We've mm -hmm. seen it. You know, in the last few years, we've seen it at its best, better than it's ever been. Um, we're going into a bad spot, but it happens, and most people who stick it out do really well. Um, if you if you run for the hills, you'll never make your investment back. You will never know. But I've always seen it bounce back, and I've always seen it bounce back better than it was. 
if we're ever going to mm-hmm. see like a COVID again, I I don't know. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Bond. Anybody want to buy my collection? So, what class of animals? So, you think it was under a thousand, or do you think it was under five hundred? Were sold? I would say two fifty. Two fifty and under was probably um, a good price point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I sold snakes that were more than that off my table, right? But like, it was very was the, few of them, right? And and it was return customers that mostly bought stuff from me. Um, so without returning customers, I would have probably been dead in the water. John, but did you I, sell I would any say snakes? That's fair. I sold zero snakes. I sold a couple of hundred dollars in t-shirts, though. That was nice. That's good. Oh, that's good. good. Um, well, hey, you don't have to feed t-shirts. Right. So. <laughs> Nobody wanted my t-shirts. <laughs> um, I didn't see any of these t-shirts I would have bought. <laughs> I had new um, t-shirts printed for that show. I think I brought them all back. <laughs> I had what right. I give away. Six or seven people stare at... Um, I had super black pastel had albino females on the table. For 500 bucks everyone that stopped at my table stopped and looked at those and we would talk and i to be honest i probably could have sold all of them but my thing was i talked to them about what they wanted to do they're like well i have a black pastel this black pastel that that i want to put it to i was like okay so here's the deal super black pastels are like 70 30. There's a 30% chance that thing's going to come up just horribly deformed. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it, right? <laughs> I got this. I did it on accident. That wasn't my pairing that I meant to do. I was just trying to get the girl growing. And uh, one lock was all it took, unfortunately. Uh, made beautiful animals, no kinks, no duck bill, no nothing. But Everyone that said it, I was like, I'm not going to let you have these animals because you're telling me you want to put it straight back to black pastel. And I'm just not going to do that. So well, I did shoot myself in the foot. I probably could have moved. A we couple. did, but you educated them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They did and learn I something. Rather, I would rather save them from having that experience because I had a horribly kinked one. My very first clutch ever that I had to cull and I felt horrible about. So I don't want to set anyone else up on that journey ever. Makes sense. Uh, Sorry about your sales at the show. (laughs) There was quite a few people I heard that didn't sell anything. Some of them were bigger names that didn't sell anything either. Um, Like really big names that I was kind of shocked on. Um, But I heard some people that did really well. Did you? Do you know where why there are people? I guess they sublet their tables, but were they like crystal balling that it was going to be a bad show? We're like, oh, I'll quickly sublet my table for this time. I think a lot of people went into that show thinking it wasn't going to be great. Um, they're like betting it all on Tenley. Like, I don't know. I, Chad Holker had a great show uh, from Holker Herbs. Um, Tony from Hardwire had a really good show. They were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason right Kittinger was right next to him, and I don't think – Saturday wasn't very good for him. I don't know how Sunday went. I didn't talk to him after that. Um, Dale Richards from Constricted Reptiles, he came and bended with me. Um, he's from Florida too, so I gave him a table. He did better than I did, So, but I was really happy that he did good. Um, 
trying to think of who else. Uh, the whole JSA, um, JD Constrictors, Best Dress Balls, they didn't, they didn't do real great at that show either. Um, a lot of people that usually do well kind of fell flat. So I, I have to think it was, it was just definitely across the board, definitely looking for lower end stuff, not the high end. Uh, All right, ladies, what did you want to buy there that you couldn't buy or wasn't available? Hmm. Well, it could I'm... be any species or whatever, too, hypothetically, <laughs> or morph of fall by them, but like. I'm supposed to be show? putting all my money towards my ARS rack acquisition. And then I keep having bull snakes that I want come available or things I've been waiting on or the Japanese rat snakes, which I'm in love with. And so I'm like, okay, come on guys. I'm trying to get my infrastructure going here. <laughs> I'm um, never going to so... get those racks. <laughs> I keep buying too many snakes. I keep and buying like, too many this is snakes. not a sustainable problem. No, it is. It is not. But the two bull pythons, I didn't go in there looking I so I'm part of uh Bob and Josh's discord where I get credit built up right so I was like okay if I'm there and I'm gonna browse I've got a decent amount of credit I don't want to have too much extra on top of that that I wanted to use so I happened to see a female for each of them to use up my credit with minimal extra cash on top of it that were good base animals for my collection and my animal from Josh added acid. Yes, it's on female side, but you know, I'm still building up my collection again, you know, from a hiatus and most of the other acid things, especially if I wanted to go straight into the acid clown stuff, that's a little bit out of my price range right now when I'm trying to, you know, get my racks up, get my rodent colonies going. So being able to get my foot in the door with a new gene, add another hypo multi-gene girl for my hypo army from Bob. Um, you know, they weren't essentials. I wasn't looking for them. They just happened to be there and I had credit to spend. Um, but historically for me, even before my hiatus, when I was in the hobby under a different business name, um, I almost never went to big shows with the intent of buying expensive animals there because I do like to do a lot of selectively, you know, line breeding for certain traits. I'm looking for certain things in these examples, not just the genetics themselves. So in order to do that, I'm most likely not going to find it at a show. I'm kind of combing through, uh, back in the day, it was like King Snake and Fauna and Morph Market was in its infancy, um, looking for exactly what I'm wanting. So now, if I happen to see that and I'm at a show, it is coming home with me. I'm not walking away from it because my luck, I'm going to walk away and someone else is going to buy it. So, <laughs> um, so for me at this time, I wasn't looking to invest more in ball pythons. I just so happened to see things that worked for what I was wanting. But I think I noticed the same and talking to people walking around the show, it was a lot of, I'm just here to look or I want to get supplies while I'm here, save on shipping. If I happen to see something great, Whereas previous years, you know, people walk in, they, they're like, okay, I've got $2,000 burning a hole in my pocket. I am looking for, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a male double recessive with a codom or something. They go in with a goal and they're going to find it. And I don't feel like that was the vibe I was getting from the room not at all. this time around. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, I, I think same. Um, I'm trying to be as um, selective as I can about what I bring in. I have a husband who 
thinks I'm already insane and Mm-hmm. It says like, are, no we co- vibe. are we coping we're, with grief all or is there some kind fine. of problem that you need to speak with a therapist? I'm like, no, I, you know, I do have a plan for these animals. And I think like I went, I picked up a snake from Jessica. So who mm-hmm. is an asshole, um, <laughs> but he's beautiful and I love him so much already. He's in shed. Um, and uh, so I went and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I know what I want. And mm-hmm. I know who I want to get it from and I can pick it up at the show. Like last September, NARB, Arlington, I think I got five or six snakes. I bought some mm-hmm. while I was there and pretty much everything besides one snake I bought um, just browsing. And this year I'm like, I got to be much more careful. I need to, mm-hmm. I'm still doing a lousy job at it. I see, Ooh, pink oh you know i'm still doing that a little bit but i pretty much knew what i wanted i bought one snake that was like impulse mm-hmm. purchase and i other than that I'm like i know what i want and i know who i want to get it from um yeah it's great if i don't buy it today it might be gone like marissa said or mm-hmm. i'll have to pay 65 75 dollars to have it shipped mm-hmm. um but i almost would rather have something shipped and get exactly what i want from who i want um I just am so nervous about buying from shows too. Like my husband bought his first snake since he was a kid and it was a milk snake. And I said, if you bring something into my house and it kills and it brings something in and it kills it's any of my snakes. He, I was like, if you, I'm like, we have to be very careful what we bring into this collection. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one snake anymore. It's, it's 20 something snakes, which isn't a lot. I understand, but you know, I'm like, these are my babies. This is like my plans, my, you know, mm-hmm. my hobby that so I don't want anything to happen to him so I'm very particular about that as well and I'm just so scared to bring something in um everything looked good like when I I will say that when I was walking around I didn't see a lot of stuff that I was like oh you know as much as I've seen maybe in the past so there, there was a table Jessica and I walked by we were like oh something smells a little funky and Jessica was like oh smells like crypto <laughs> 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 I can't help it. So here's something I'm hearing. It's like pre-sales become important in this market. Mm-hmm. And then the the Bob Patreon like piggy bank, which is mm-hmm. effectively a pre-sale of a snake that you don't even yeah. know what it is yet. So John and Steve, would you be interested in like implementing more like the show doesn't matter because you've already pre-sold enough to pay for the show. So you're just going there to that, yeah. I did that this time. Okay. My pre-sale actually covered my trip. I didn't really have to worry about it. Yeah. So and that you was know perfect. That networking aspect is huge. Like mm-hmm. the number of times, like when I first got back into it. So my wife uh, was total snake phobia last year was like, okay, I guess I'll let you get one or two snakes. And then that very quickly snowballed into, you know, mm-hmm. every single available space being filled. And now they're worse than I am almost. Um, but in that first time, I was like, hey, this is like your second reptile show. You know, you they were cool with ball pythons and corn snakes. And then they really started to enjoy how colubrids are a little more active and uh, intelligent <laughs> most of the time. And so we found this gentleman. Um, it was David at Eclectic Reptiles at the Corpus Herp Show. And he took maybe 45 minutes to take his time talking to my wife about like, oh, look here, let's look at the the body language and the behavior of these boas and how they differ from the species that they're currently used to. And it wasn't, it was a very small show, but 
he took that time to educate and help someone get over their fear. And, you know, he got two sales out of us the next two, si two times we saw him at shows because he put that time and money. And, you know, I could tell looking at it, I was like, wow, he's got some really nice stuff. He's bringing his byproduct to these smaller shows, but his byproduct is still nicer than the majority of the boas I'm seeing at these smaller local shows. Um, so, you know, he put that 45 minutes in, but he's now got repeat customers from us. We send business his way. It's so much more than just like, yes, you want to cover your costs and I, I'm at a hobby level and it's not my income. So I have a different perspective, but that 20 minutes you take to talk to someone new in the hobby or John, how you were saying, educating people about, hey, super black pastels, eh, you might have a really hard time. It can be emotionally draining when you have to call a brand new baby. And it was an oops, it was just that one lock. So that education goes a long way and you become someone they can trust and they can turn to whether it's an animal they get from you or an animal they get from someone else, you become that advisor. Um, so I think spending that time and building that relationship is huge. Mm -hmm. it's, it's real important. Mm -hmm. you, you have to spend time and talk to those people. If you don't, then it, it affects the next few like times mm -hmm. you went to the show. You bought yeah. snakes from them the next couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, I have plenty of customers like that that I've spent time with that I wound up mentoring them year, you know, a year later. Yes. And you know, so like Jen Cage one I'm mentoring right now and a couple other people mm -hmm. too. But um, did anybody notice that it was not a lot of ball pythons it's like walking around with them in their hands? It was mostly colubrids, yeah. hognos, um, uh -huh. geckos, Cresties and all kinds of stuff. I didn't see a whole lot of ball pythons. It was a lot of small deli cups with little snakes mm -hmm. and, and little lizards in them also, which all is right. kind of different. You usually Jeremy see a lot of people holding ball pythons. Do, do we want to comment on whether or not we think lizards did well? Every crested person I saw looked, that's what asleep, I heard. looked straight up asleep. <laughs> Every Well, I guess all the, the lizard people really did well. Um, that was what everybody was saying. Even, you know, Just Brian like, Potter was saying the same thing. Lizard, not Crested Gecko? That's Those what I was lizards, wondering. Lizards in general, mm -hmm. they just did better. Oh, man. I they all look Lizards and Colubrids. Ball python breeders did not win this show. Mm -hmm. Not I mean, for lack of good-looking animals, just lack of people looking for those animals. There was nice mm -hmm. stuff at the show, for sure. There was like, a lot I of nice stuff. I wish I had a couple a nice thousand animals. to drop. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I'd kind of like to ask, like for Marissa and Jen, mm -hmm. like when you're walking up, since you're just getting back into it, like me and me and Steve kind of know who we're going to go to regardless. We'll look at everyone. Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm sure Steve's the same way, but we know who we're going to go to. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the aesthetic appeal of a booth doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily draw what happens with that sale for us so for you guys when mm -hmm. you're looking or gals sorry however you want to do it oh, I, no. I hope i don't yeah <laughs> no that's worries here don't I worry talk. i apologize um, <laughs> call me late for dinner that's all yeah <laughs> call um, anything you want. when you're looking at a booth is there like a specific thing because that's one of the things i always try to do i try to change my booth every show mm -hmm. a little bit and make it more visually appealing to myself but i wonder mm -hmm. what it does to the customer base as well um, Jen, do you want to go first since you're newer to the hobby and I'm just getting back yeah, into it? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I have kind of a unique, like unique perspective on it. Um, uh, 
I think when I was first getting started, I like the flashier, the nicer, the more expensive, clearly setups drew me in. Um, Cause I was like, well, they're probably more well-established. They're probably, which we all know doesn't necessarily mean that, mm-hmm. but when you, that's like, that's how it works for other areas of the economy. Right. It's like, you want the one that looks reputable. So it used to now I don't even notice them really. I notice mm-hmm. the person, you know, behind the booth. I'm like, Oh, that's so-and-so that's Brian Carter there. I'm going to mm-hmm. pop over mm-hmm. and say hello. So it's starting to change. So I think for the pet, if you bring the pet quality and you're trying to just churn and burn a bunch of those animals or the byproduct, I think have your game up, you know, have it look professional, bright, colorful, unique. If you're trying to sell that high quality, I don't see what, how much value that adds, you know, to it because those of us that are looking for quality and looking for projects, um, I don't really particularly care. You could have no sign. Mm-hmm. You could have a little index card with their name on it. And that would right. be good it's for a, me. It's more like your rep- reputation online preceding the sale does. is actually mm-hmm. more important. Like Craig Trumbrower has nothing. He's got some right. jellies <laughs> on his desk. Bless his heart. Uh-huh. So you know it's, it's I know it's great. Yep. It's yeah. all the respect, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. like... That's why no, like, I think social media is so important, even though nobody thinks it is. Because yeah. that's your like we all hate it. But it's... I don't know. I don't have any friends. You got it. <laughs> um... I, can't, I can't get followers for crap. So I, I think I follow you, Steve. Maybe if I don't, I will. I I've, I've been um... staggering at like three thousand nine hundred for like I don't know two years now. I was like, I've done so many big shows and met so many people. Nobody like yeah. nobody likes any of my stuff. I don't post enough stuff. Is probably why. Um, I kind of. I post like I'll I'll post a picture like once every three weeks, or if I'm at a show, and that's about it. Or if I make something cool, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not I'm not in your face all the time. Check this out. Look what I'm having for dinner. Oh, I went here. I'm with this guy. I can't do all mm-hmm. that. I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> you should just like bulk take pictures of thirty of your snakes and then just upload have them ready one, to go. Yep, one a day. If I showed or you, you can, my phone, you can there's use more a than scheduler too. I, I have probably, you know, 50 a week or in a couple of days that I take. I constantly take pictures. I just don't post mm-hmm. them. I mean, yeah. I, well, that's using schedulers it is great that's because then you can pre, you know, pre-schedule. Okay, I want two posts to go out a day. I've already filled out captions. You, you know, you've got your hashtags ready to go. Well, and then the algorithm um, likes See, you. I, I need yes. someone like you to do <laughs> it. It matters. <laughs> I have no idea. You're supposed to schedule and you're supposed to do it at the same time every day. So you're supposed to do it about the same time. And it's like you do one story Mm -hmm. and one reel a day, at least at the same time every day, then the algorithm will love you. Apparently. It doesn't love me. I can't get followers (laughs) for anything, but that's fine. (laughs) But John, I I wanted to... (laughs) Sorry, Steve. Uh, John, I wanted to answer your question too, as far as like setting up the booth and whether it's aesthetically or with animals. When I'm cruising through a show the first thing I do is go, okay, does this set off my ick alarm or not? Because you, we all know the things to look for. If something gives you the heebie-jeebies yeah, and then tables, your netted tables, the you know, the, the poop encrusted and uh, acrylic displays. And I'm just like, this is disgusting. I just skip right on past. But as far as the things that attract me to tables or make me more interested in certain setups or vendors, um, other than the engagement from the person, 
I think having good lighting is important. Um, a good clean background in the displays or the cups. I know it's pretty trendy to have something with your logo, you know, for branding sake, but I feel like it can be distracting and take away from, you know, when you're browsing and wanting to look at the animal itself, especially if there's a lot of bright colors in the logo. Um, That's a good point. Like even the displays with the color on them. Yes, it, it can also. be distracting and it can change and alter the look of the bad. animal, um, which to me, I'm like, really, I'm here to look at the animal. Um, and, you know, there's one one display we walked by that looked like it had like actinic reef type lighting on their animals. Oh, my God. I'll just and, say it. It was hard wires. I, okay. <laughs> it was really cool yeah. to have like it the was big very, like studio thing. Yeah. But the light coming down was blue. It was making these it was animals blue look and neon it and orange. It made like, the animals look very, <laughs> very not true to life. Right. So I yeah. like when I get like nice, clean daylight light. Uh, we a, love you, Tony. Please don't kill us. Background. I understand. You had a great show, too. Really. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just like for me, if I'm wanting to buy, as you know, especially 500 plus dollar animal, accurate representation is important. Um, and I do like when they're the animals are grouped kind of like by project. So it's mm -hmm. easier to browse because I know visually it might be more interesting to mix up like your dark stuff with your light stuff so they can contrast against each other. But if you can, you know, say, oh, if you're looking at this girl, this would be a really great male to pair with it. And it's already kind of in the same area on the display or when I'm browsing and I go, oh, okay, that's someone's like candy and candino stuff. I don't have that. I'm just going to skip that set of displays. Oh, there's lots of dark stuff. Like oh, sign me up, like lots of blackhead and leopard, yellow belly, hypo nonsense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go straight to that chunk of displays. If it's all mixed up or I see, you know, sure you want to put the cheaper animals down closer to the aisle, more expensive in the top tiers. But when it's, all muddled together, it makes it a little hard when browsing. Um, so I think having it kind of pre-grouped by project and then within that price category, price tier makes it a little easier as a as a shopper too. Um, which, you know, I, that's just me, but- I try I, to keep so, everything like paired together. Like if, if mm -hmm. I have pies, all my pies are together. And then I may yes. put clown pies next to it. Next to that might be clowns. And then mm -hmm. clown hypos and, you know, desert yeah. ghost clowns. Well, but it all kind of morphs into yes. what it is. Yeah, so I'm not going to have three pies on this side of the table and, mm -hmm. and five on that side. And, and it's, it's too much. Because if somebody's yeah. looking for pies, I want to say, well, just go mm -hmm. right over there. All my pies are right there. Yeah. Clown so pies, you can go right pies, there whatever. and be like, oh, yeah. you're, you're getting this clown pied, whatever male. Why don't you get this hypo het pied and work towards hypo clown right. pieds? You know, you can build a little group all in that display instead of, you know, once you do get into having two plus tables, you don't want to have to shuffle a customer, you know, up and down 15, right. 20 feet of real estate. To it's harder get to find your own and, stuff too. Yeah, in order to find your own stuff. So I mean, I, uh, every time I do displays, it's almost different every show. So mm -hmm. I have to sit there and I have to be familiar with everything is. So when someone says, I'm looking for this, yeah. I, I can go find it for them. I don't have to go really mm -hmm. searching. Um, but being inside a display, it doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't give you the you know, what you're looking for. You know what I mean? So when yeah. someone's looking at a snake, I'll actually take it out of the display mm -hmm. and show it to them out because yeah. nine out of 10 times they go, oh my God, that looks way better. Mm -hmm. And I said, or you really just can't see what it looks the like. lid, you know, even if you're just, because sometimes the glare from exactly, exactly. on the acrylic, Take it out, depending. let them hold it, put it in their exactly. hand, let them turn it over, look at the mm -hmm. belly, you know, they can examine it however they want, but 
nine out of 10 times, they're going to say it looks way better mm-hmm. out of the display than it does in. Yeah. A lot of times they're crammed in there. Mm-hmm. So no, put three or four of the same things. snake in the same box and they're all kind of like this, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, is that one snake? No, it's three. Yeah. But they're all the same. Why, why put three of the same snake in there? Mm-hmm. Unless they're small, real small. But um, yeah, but grouping your table and being familiar with, with where everything is at is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel not, like that. It might be common sense, but it's not common. Uh, you definitely see jumping all over the place. Oh, it's like hypo. What do you have hypo? Oh, there's a hypo over here, and yeah. I'm looking for this project. Oh, it's over there, and that's just. It's a great point. It's I wouldn't hard though because once you, if you only have like twenty clutches a year, you have three animals from each clutch. Yeah. Left yeah. or whatever. And that could be why they're so jumbled all over the place. I don't even do everything. Clutches. That's jacked up, Jim. Or Jason. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have. I don't. Well, I, I do exactly what Marissa said, though. Like, I literally, I was like, okay, bright. If I have something mm-hmm. bright, I'm going to put something dark next to it. I'm going to make the bright stand out. Mm-hmm. But then all the darks was what everyone looked at anyway. So it was just like, mm-hmm. well, that kind of counterbalanced what I was trying to do. Well, and but, John, it can be no. different depending on what show you're doing, you yeah. know, like at, at what, you know, is supposedly more a breeder sale or someone who's already got their foot in the water in the hobby at NARBC <laughs> might be different than if you're doing a local show to you where, you know, it's 99% pet people coming to get their first or second snake. You're going to set up your display differently for them. They might be more drawn to having the dark right next to the bright because they can see the variety available. You know, we know that for pet people, they enjoy the bananas and the bells and the pies mm-hmm. and the albinos, right? But, you know, I, Jessica, let me have a little corner, some table space up in Shawnee, and I have a super cinnamon Mojave Posse GHI boy that, like, if it wasn't a boy, I'd keep him because he's so pretty. But, like, everyone was like, oh my God, look at him. He's like silver and he's got these little white lips and he's adorable. And so, you know, they would go straight from that to seeing some of these awesome banana heck clown combos that Jessica had. And they were in love with both of them. And, you know, maybe they might not even know that the dark side exists in the ball python hobby when most of the pet stuff or what they see on social media from their friends are bells and pides and albinos and banana things, you know? So I think for a pet driven show, the, the contrasting dark and bright together, I think might do better than at a breeder based show where, you know, someone's like, oh, I want stuff for my, my really light, bright, you know, fire OD yellow belly complex type stuff versus I'm going in hard with the really dark and contrasty and, and granity. So I think depending on the crowd, both have their merits. But I think that's, I think that's what we're hearing is like, that's the challenge. Like, how do you even know? How do you know? How do you know what you're should, should be bringing? Mm-hmm. And then the other side you of that. You gotta bring a little of everything. There's not a, yeah. there's, there's not one strategy. So you may mm-hmm. set it up differently, which adds complexity to it. Right. Like I'm like, or did I'm he change it up? Of- do it, do it one, one way Saturday. That didn't work. <laughs> Mix up your display Sunday. The people who are going both days, they might see something different on the second day that they didn't even get eyeballs on the first day. I mean, it takes a little bit more time, but like you're already there. Around. You're hoping, hoping people, hoping people will swing on by. So you know you're getting down to the wire. Yeah, move things around. Why not? I move display cases. Like I had my pies yeah. all on one side in the corner where I, I think they got lost. 
And then I had like really nice desert ghost stuff right in the center. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me move the desert ghost stuff to the side and the pies over there. Yeah. Honestly, it didn't really make a difference. Oh. <laughs> I didn't tell you anyway. But, <laughs> but you know um, what? At least it makes you tried, feel good. Steve, it made me feel good. Tried. I moved the stuff around. Um, yeah. But the weekend before, I was in Lakeland, Florida. I did the Lakeland, Florida. Um, what is it? They call it the fire, the Repticon fire uh-huh. show. And um, we usually do really well there. This time was a little bit slower. But honestly, as soon as I got back, we peeled all the stickers off my displays, cleaned the displays inside and out, put new bedding inside them, and I relabeled them for the Arlington show with all high-end stuff and took all my low-end stuff. Now, if I would have kept all the stuff that I had in the display cases the week before, I might have had a different show, completely different show. I might have been able to compete with Will Banks across from me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to say his name, but like for the next, which we'll get to the new location. But do you want to do 50 50 high end pet for future Dallas's, or do you think you're going to come in hard with high end only in April because you want it to be that way? Um, what's the I, I think the do? reality is I'm going to have to tone it down some for this show for Tinley and probably Daytona. I can probably do more of the high-end stuff. Daytona, I could probably even do 50-50 also because um, you do get a mixed crowd. A mixed crowd. So, um, But I think Tinley is mostly higher-end stuff, and that's where I can usually move most of my high-end stuff is at that show. But John, we're also going to see what it's going to be like. This, this year might be different. Right. I'm bringing everything in the kitchen sink every time until it goes. <laughs> Well, what? I uh, honestly, what? I have three tables on, for Arlington, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. but two is usually too many. <laughs> right. When you have three tables in Arlington and it's a really big show and a lot of people are there, it's hard to talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep the three tables and I gave one to Dale to use for the last two shows. And I've been able to concentrate more on customers and talk to people than if I had three tables and running mm-hmm. from, you know, 24 feet back and forth. It's too much. And it's a lot yeah. of snakes, too. And John, even, even if you have a great show, you don't bring that many. You don't sell you that. You just many need to get a freeze dry thing so you can make yeah. freeze dried candy. <laughs> freeze dried candy. I saw every kit there with freeze dried candy, and I'm like, right? that's a question. Though, Skittles. Does it yeah. help? Mm-hmm. Does it help or not? Well, like, is it worth it? I've always been so curious about like reptile supplies. I feel like can help, but it's like to what extent? And then it's like, does that stuff work? Like the freeze dried candy and the coffee from China and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I bought the coffee stuff. So I wonder how they did. Is it all the same coffee? Just different people's labels? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't I mean, sure they what might that have was different all about. Blends or whatever, they have a, if it's a different roast and a different origin, I think, but yeah. Like Pretty much. Right. Are, all right, John, how much does it sink? Uh, Jeremy's asking. $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with the pinky are you doing the pinky yeah, did i miss dr evil yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. um no but like going back to it to be to be fair i have to bring everything because i only have three displays so i cover a uh-huh. table right and then i have a table of merchandise and then what i'm trying to do is i'm gonna let my secrets out damn it um <laughs> I'm trying to make it to where it's not just a one-stop shop. So I want to create essentially an end cap eventually. So like two tables for what I'm doing, right? Like merchandise and animals. And then two tables 
because we recently got set up with uh, Ship Your Reptile as a sponsor. So I want to have Ship Your Reptile as part of the end cap with me. I want to have like RGI on the end cap with me. They were in my booth this last show and a lot of people mm -hmm. stopped at my table for them. But I mm -hmm. essentially want to set it up to where it's, okay, this is your one-stop shop. You can look at animals. You can talk, set up your shipping. You can set up your drop off your sheds or talk about the mm -hmm. testing or figure stuff out, maybe another vendor on the other side. And that's your entire end cap. So it's a mm -hmm. one-stop shop for everything for whoever's at the show. And I think that's the smart way moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, I only do, this is my biggest year and I only did 12 clutches. Um, I don't see myself ever really going over probably 25 to 30 clutches ever just because I want to keep it manageable for just me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to force anyone to come in. Um, and with my my disabilities from the military, I don't think I'd be able to manage much more than that myself. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's what works both ways. But I'm trying to think of different ways to like, okay, how do we entice people to sit in this position? Because we've seen the groups, right? Like I've been out to Pomona. I've been to Tinley. I've been to Arlington. Uh, every show for the last six years um, you're you're slowly starting to see like these I would say super groups form within friends right um, and they just make this large vending area and it seems to do well for them because they can push off of each other well my aspect on that was like well yeah you could push animals the whole time or hey let me let me branch it into every aspect mm -hmm. of the industry have shipping, have the mm -hmm. testing, have merchandise, have animals, and maybe have like my wife likes to do crafts. So maybe find something fun for kids like face painting or mm -hmm. like, I, to be honest, I was going to do a crap ton of balloons and just hand a balloon to every kid this last show just to be a smart ass. <laughs> and he was like, you know how many balloons will be stuck at the top mm -hmm. of the convention center? And we'll be the only ones with balloons and it'll come right back to you. So don't do it. I was like, but it'll be amazing. And she's like, yeah, think of the environment. And I was like, that was a dirty move. the environment. Just do animal balloons and they're all snakes. You don't have to do any work, right? Yeah. Just don't put helium in them. So it's like. Oh, no. I was doing helium tanks up. Out the wall, Ready to go. All right. You said you've been doing the show, going to the show for six years. So that was pre-COVID and everything. What was the show back like six years ago? So he who shall not be named for safety's sake um, did the same thing that he did at this show back in, I want to say it was 17, 17 or 18. Um, I've only seen those 50% off signs twice the entire time I've been mm. at that show. Okay. And it was when I first got into the industry, which was a low point in the industry. And now. Um, the, the next low point in the industry. <laughs> the next low point in the industry. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I very much so believe that that kind of dictates. He, he has set himself up for great success. Uh, I don't want to speak negatively on anything that he does. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm friends with him too. Right? I don't have anything bad to say. Exactly. But he he has he does a lot more pet stuff than than breeder stuff. Um, that's that's not a secret. Um, we're bringing that many snakes, and you know 
mm-hmm. 3,000 clutches a year or whatever he's doing, something ridiculous like that. I couldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but overhead, I, I talked to some people. Move it. Yeah, that's that's hard to move. But um, the consensus I got from a lot of people there that a lot of people were saying that prior to COVID, and that's when I, I kind of started vending like right after COVID. You know, we were still wearing masks and stuff when they brought the show back. So that was like, you know, the next show was the first one I vended there. So I was in the midst of everything good. Um, but a lot of people were saying that prior to COVID, it was um, on the verge of a pet show for the longest time. Mm. So COVID actually saved that show. And I talked to a buddy of mine this morning, Winston Smith, and he said that, you know, it's always been kind of like that. And then when somebody said in like 2019 that they killed it at that show and they were selling high-end animals, he was like, I'm shocked because that show has never been known for that. Um, it's always been a slower show, especially compared to Tinley. Tinley's always been, mm-hmm. you know, the top show you can actually vend. And it's just, they said it was never like that. So are we going back to what it was prior to COVID? Mm. You know what I mean? Is it going back to what it was? Because that's the kind of crowd I saw there. I didn't see the crowd that I've seen in the last three, four years there. Right. So, all right. Another aspect of that is, and I don't want to give full credit to influencers, right? But (laughs) the the big industry influencers, right? Like, like snake discovery packed that place last year you couldn't Uh, walk even antoine antoine brings a very large entourage wherever Mm -hmm. he goes right like all all the guys in the texas area that come up and see antoine is a big deal and it brings Mm -hmm. a lot of purchases to the show you didn't get that because none of them were there this time nobody was there so would you take Snake Discovery crowd back just to have bodies in the room? Yeah. <laughs> I would. Were they not there this time because they didn't want to come or because they weren't reinvited to this one because people complained too much? They were, on the they were supposed to be there. Oh. I, I heard there was some kind of drama or something. It would be better to put them in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the like, like those pirates they did that day come too. in and buy baby hog noses and mm-hmm. the corn snakes and c- cork bark and i know they get in the way of y'all's table but they like help the whole show yeah. have more money well, hey it. they might they buy do. your 70 dollar random double head males that <laughs> right yeah that just get wholesale some of those people have probably out. never seen what we have either that's so true it, it introduces them into the hobby mm-hmm. they're already into the reptiles because they watch her show so yeah. now they come in and they see this whole thing and they're like oh my god mm-hmm. i never even knew all this stuff existed they only know what she makes or what mm-hmm. she shows them. Right. And, and right. you go inside and you show them all kinds of stuff and crazy combinations. That may spark a lot of kids to be like, hey, I like this. I'm more into this than, than something yeah. else. Um, yeah. So yeah, next generation. Were- bringing people in, no matter how it is, it, if you mm-hmm. look at it as a bad thing or a good thing, it's still bringing people into the hobby. Yes. Um, same thing with like Brian Barczyk. He brings tons of people into this hobby. They would never even thought about getting into mm-hmm. it. Um, there's probably other names that you probably don't want to mention, but you know, they do bring people in, you know? Yeah, I just thought Honestly. last time was, even though it was irritating people, it was exciting looking. There was energy in the mm-hmm. air. This time yep. I could run whole aisles and not oh, see yeah. another customer. Put your arms out to the sides. Yeah, and- I, could I mean, jump we from saw table the shenanigans table. Alex was getting into as we were wandering around yes. as a gaggle. Right. So you couldn't do that last time. No, you couldn't no. do that last no. time. There was no room. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll say right. that. You're right, Steve. I just, 
I was one of those And I have to tell myself the same thing too. From everything because of the lovely snake discovery last year. Hey, I was waiting in that snake discovery line with my daughter because she just, I wouldn't have done it, but my daughter wanted to do it. We waited three and a half hours in that line. Crazy. Brutal. brutal. The show was closed. There was still a line. (laughs) I bought a sand boa that I had planned to buy. And then when I was standing in the line, Rufus Darden was in that whole row. I bought a second one because I was so bored standing there. I was like, you know what? I'll take that al- that paradox albino male right there. Mm-hmm. Why not? And I literally, literally, that is how it happened. So a friend of mine at that, that last happen. one, he had the line that went through his aisle. He did not sell a snake on Saturday. He was like, I can't believe this. Nobody can see my table, this, that, and the other thing. Now I was across on the other side. Nowhere near where snake discovery was. I didn't sell a snake on Saturday. Nothing. I talked to a bunch of people. Everything was really good. The crowd was there. It was cool. I sold nothing. So I can't blame it on snake discovery. Mm -hmm. Because I had, going back to it, I had a good, a really good Friday. And I had an amazing Sunday. So everybody waited till the last minute to buy everything. Which was fine. And I walked out of there, you know, very, very happy for that show. But for everybody to say that we didn't sell anything because snake discovery was there, not true. Mm -hmm. I was nowhere near that whole you know, line going through the entire show. I wasn't on the front. I wasn't in the middle going back into that dock over there where they were stationed in the back. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect me at all. And I still sold nothing. I feel like the market was already sort of down, obviously, last spring, too. It, it I just, really just got really covered it up in terms of, like, it looked like things were popping, mm, even though they popping, were kind yeah. of already settling down. Because, I mean, the prices were already falling. My last fall. I've done pretty good most of this year. I mean, we've had some lulls and stuff, but you still sell snakes in between. Um, and then you have a show here and there. I try to do at least a show a month. So when you have one show, you can, you know, make up for what you would have sold online if it's right. decent. Bring your lower end stuff. It doesn't matter. Bring whatever you can. Just you got to move that out. It's one less mouth to feed, one less animal to take care of. So, yeah, I mean, the more of that stuff you can get rid of, dream. just just to to move, you know, get your stuff up there. You know, right. I yeah, mean, I don't want to, I hate bringing that kind of stuff sometimes to shows, but you know, if you see a snake on my, on my table and it says $25 and it looks like a normal chances are, it's probably a triple head. So, you know. so pro tip, everybody buy it and test it with RGI. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yes. 100%. It's going to be a male, but it'll probably be a double or triple head. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's and, talk about, and I do that sometimes change. because a lot of people don't want that stuff. But uh, is everybody excited about the location change? Scared? Uh, Anna, she's like, someone was stabbed there last week. And I'm yeah, like, apparently I'm sorry, someone what? was stabbed or shot or something. <laughs> is there, it that like, bad of a neighborhood? Ago. It's not that bad. <laughs> it, my th- here's my thing is that you could say what you want about Arlington, but there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of food, a lot of quick hits mm-hmm. you can go to when you're at the show. Um, it's built, the infrastructure there in Arlington is built for the stadium. So you have Cowboys Stadium right there. You have the ballpark, the, where well, they used to call it the ballpark, where the Rangers play. Mm-hmm. You have all that stuff there. So the traffic flow and everything is built to handle high traffic. It was built for that purpose. Now, and th- where it's, this is at in Dallas, cannot say that. And the hotel is across the highway. So now you're going to have... Hotels. Now you're going to have to be moving across the highway, which 
even as someone who's not vending, I, that's not as appealing to me. It so, is cheap, um, it, it's the not. Holiday Inn, the Holiday yeah. Inn is very cheap. Wow. The other two, the Renaissance and the Hilton, um, I think the Holiday Inn is 105. My wife is like a stickler. She's got to book her rooms like three shows in advance. So she knows all about this stuff. But she looked <laughs> into the Renaissance and the Hilton, and one was $200 a night, and the other one was $300 a night. Yeah, the Renaissance Ooh. is right next to it. So I was, yeah, it would have been nice if it was that one, but it's fine for so me. She but... booked the Holiday Inn, but it's there's a good chance we could wind up at another one if the rates go down. There's nowhere to eat around that really that convention center is really super close yeah There's a lot of like it's, it's going to be different though I guess because right. when you have a host hotel with the bar downstairs and everybody hangs out down there in the lobby and everything now where's everybody going to hang out well i know someone who sold a snake at the bar really <laughs> right. sold a snake at the bar heard that story that they were like i have the perfect snake for you and showed it to him the next day and and mm -hmm. sold the snake we should go to Panera Bread. Great. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> Do they serve beer? Good news. <laughs> what is inside of the like actual m mall place? Because there's, it's. Looks... Is it, isn't it called a marketplace or something? Yeah, there's different like stores inside. And it mm -hmm. says there's a Starbucks, but like it looks like there's like a lot of weird stuff. Like there's like a FedEx ship center. It's like more of like an industrial. Retail. Is it like a 1980s mall that they turned into something <laughs> else or something? Like we're going to be doing the show in a Sears or something? Well, this part is like a big... We can street view. Right after Spirit clears everything up. Exactly. It's just a big uh, building. I mean, they have car hmm. shows and stuff in it. So it's okay. like... It could... It looks like it has been carpeted if you pay for it, but it might be just cement. Uh, which I don't like because it hurts my tootsies eventually. <laughs> but they said it was free parking and their website says $5. So I don't know who's lying here. I mean, that's still cheaper than $10. That $10 is what it is now. Right. I guess my question is like, uh -huh. is this going to make it even more of a pet show? Because it's They're like, adding 60 more tables. Yeah. Woo. I got I a table. Thank God. On Saturday. Uh, I don't know. We got to actually wildly. pick our tables for this next one. <laughs> so it's going to be, I got my, my buddy from Florida, George MD is coming. Um, Dale Richards is coming again. And we got Chandler on one side and then Jason over there. So we took over an entire Island of all of us. So it should be, it should be pretty cool just with us just hanging out. If it's not a great show. Um, we've been to shows before where we didn't do well, but we had a good time. So, Maybe I we'll mean, have a lot of curiosity. Maybe we'll bring some people out just um, wanting to see, like, is it better? Is it bigger? There's more. Well, like you said, there's 60 more table. Like, are there mm -hmm. going to be more? Maybe, maybe curiosity will will bring well, people have a little well, hype. Maybe I don't know. I, there was no hype for this last lift. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, maybe we can get. Maybe there will be a little bit more hype that people are just. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to be positive here. There, there has always been hype for the show. Everybody always builds it up, and it's always really mm -hmm. good. This time, there was nothing. I, I think it's hurting it that it's too close to Tinley. I agree. The Are date, they going to move it? Because the April date is different than the, the February. Tinley's always going to be March. Arlington I don't think date? they'll move that. Um, so after Tinley, is that going to hurt it more? So you still uh, I don't know. 
think it will. Honestly, I don't think though. You're gonna have um, money exchange at Tinley. It, it just there's so many big shows a year. I think the bigger ones need to be spaced out a little bit more. Like the Arlington could have been done in May. So you had March, you know what I mean? Then you have, you know, April off and then May is another big show. Um, and then they do like their St. Louis and their Schaumburgs. I don't do any of them, so I don't know right. what they're really like. I see hot takes. Um, Should they get rid of St. Louis or Schaumburg? <laughs> I've never done them. I've not heard anything good either. Well, Schaumburg is so close to Tinley. Like it's right. Am I wrong? About well, that? you like, know, they did the, the Schaumburg show because Tinley was closed. They couldn't get into that building. So they were using mm-hmm. it for COVID testing or whatever. So that's why they were looking for another venue. Then they found that one, which is like 30 minutes away, but they didn't ever cancel it when Stinley did. I mean, I just don't know that we need more shows. Oh, definitely not. It definitely does not, not feel special. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Texas. I can go to a reptile show every weekend. Any weekend yeah. I want yep. to, if I want to. But there's, um, there's no anticipation to go to a show anymore when they're every weekend. I mean, I'm in Florida. Yeah. We're the same way. Well, we're there's flooded. no reason to save up. Like for right, us, right. we're like paycheck breeders and whatever. It's mm-hmm. like you save up. This time I yeah. didn't really save up for Arlington. I really no. didn't. And I usually it, do. It's all the same. I mean, I mean, when I first got into it and we used to go to shows and stuff, it was like, you know, okay, we went to one in January. We don't have another one until May or June. You know what I mean? And, and this is like different parts of Florida. And we, there was only two or three a year. Now, every one of those locations, they're doing it four times a year. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I and, agree with you. 100%. Yeah. 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 What was with the it humidity in that Humid building? as fit. It, it, it was, uh, it was moist before. in there. I'll yes. use the word. It was moist. <laughs> the Arlington Well, yeah. it was freezing at some points and then it got really hot. I'll take oh, freezing. What? I but wasn't over there cold, when it was freezing. I don't know about that. <laughs> it, it, Friday, well, no, Saturday was pretty cold. Um, I remember taking my snakes out first thing in the morning and they were, they were cold. Really cold. And I don't think they bring heat. You know what I mean? It, it's not the time um, of year. When I left Arlington on, on Sunday afternoon, it was 104 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. It, it's always over 100 when we leave Texas. I don't know why. Um, every time we get in the car and I look at the thing, I'm like, it's oh, always my God. over 100 in Texas, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm in Florida. We're not much better. You, you don't have yeah. our humidity either, though. You feel like you walk through a sauna every time you walk outside. I think We're that's starting the to cool biggest now. thing I'm scared for with the new venue because at least with arlington we know what to expect right Mm -hmm, like as mm -hmm. far as animal care so like every new show or every new venue you always have something pop up seems like the hvac doesn't work or something happens so Mm -hmm. you have to adjust Mm -hmm. on the fly right um i know it's a big spot so it shouldn't be an issue but i'm worried about hvac um making sure that the animals are going to be either regulated or figure out how to regulate them myself at that point. And I'm scared about security with it being in downtown Dallas. Um, Arlington is kind of a spoiler because like you have so much security sit at that building all night. Mm -hmm. That's not funny, but like, I know in Odessa, there's like one or two people that just kind of, peruse the entire area throughout the night and it's just kind of like when you go to these bigger shows you you're not bringing a couple thousand dollars worth of animals like you're bringing tens of thousands of dollars that if something happens it's life-changing so it kind of worries me yeah 
you got to risk it to reward. Right. So, All right, for this next show, I'll probably bring some lower end stuff to the show. I won't concentrate on bringing all high end stuff. Um, Cause you, you just never know. Okay. I mean, I, I could be wrong and it could turn around and everybody could be looking for all that high end stuff, but it doesn't mean I can't have it behind the table. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially if all your stuff is listed, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hate when people message me when like I, I leave on like Thursday to go to these bigger shows like Arlington. And, you know, I leave it like, you know, 12, one o'clock in the morning and I get in about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And then I get a, a message on Friday. Hey, did you bring this snake to the show? Somebody I've been talking to all week. And I'm like, no. Did you ask me to bring it? Because sometimes I'm not thinking about bringing that snake. I'm concentrating on other stuff. And it's like, well, okay. I was like, I can ship it. And they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. You wanted it if it was here, but if you have to pay $50, you don't want it. Right. Uh, or they wanted to see it in person. That could is be there that could a be venue too. you think it should move to or something? Like, is there a better one? Any local yokels? I have no idea. Yeah, like I'm if it's not familiar. in Dallas, do you want it like uh, like the Reptile Nation of Fort Worth stopped happening because they lost mm-hmm. their contract with mm-hmm. the venue? So like yep. it could be in Fort Worth again. Last How was that year, show? I thought it was pretty mid, but fine. Like I spent too much money vending it to make twelve hundred dollars. Like does it seem like some of the shows that the first time he does them, they are jam-packed with like 20,000 people, and then the next time it's like 10 and then yeah. 5? Okay. Every, I was just wondering if it was just me. I love Mickey, but every Show Me Snake show feels that way sometimes. Like when they went to the new OKC, hey, hey, they're like, hey, they, we, hey. listen, listen, I've been to shows. But like the new OKC one did 2,000 door, and then the very next time when I got lured back to going, it was like a 600-person door. And it's a little regional show, so it's fine. But I'm just like, I was talking about I the, the Reptilian Nation shows. They oh. seem that the attendance seems to go down a little bit each time. Uh, I don't know. I have worked Is very anybody- hard on West Texas show me snake shows. You better <laughs> lay off. I, I've only done two of the uh, Reptilian Nation shows. I did an Atlanta show. Well, I heard then- Atlanta was good, but I don't know. San Antonio was-, was good. We had our first. Yeah, one. but we had our first Reptilian Nation. That, that is a, a very nice. big. That is the biggest pet show you're going to go to. Um, what I found when I vended them, it was a lot of $25 snakes. And that, that's where, you know, a lot of people got triple heads for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I just looking to move a lot of males and that was a perfect place to go. I'll be honest with you. The first Atlanta we did, um, Reptilian Nation show, we sold about about 92 snakes at that show. That's good. So, yeah, it was great. From a I, it, it was like definitely a, a good shot in the arm that I needed because I needed the room. So that worked out well, but I didn't do it again. All right, it's a lot of work for that. It, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, I want to hold a snake. Um, and it, it, it's a pet show and it's education. I'll give it that 100%. But you're educating every person, not just a couple of people. You know what I mean? And everybody who walks up to the table, the first thing out of their mouth is, can I hold a snake? What snake can I hold? None. So I had a friend of yeah, mine that none. sat at the end. There is none. None. You may well, hold no, none. I had a friend at the end of the table that sat there with a snake out. Yeah. And every time he said it, I pointed right there. Go right there. And every, and that was perfect. Just no. filtered them that way. But it is a lot of talking. I'm usually hoarse by like Sunday night. Um, 
I was hoarse by 12 o'clock on Saturday from talking, yeah. constantly I, talking. I, I can't, I can do a lot of talking, but I, it's, it takes too much out of me and then I'm really mean. Uh, really? Like two it, it's hard when you keep repeating the same thing over and over again to every person that's there. Oh my you God. Know? My favorite one is, are these boas retics? Like nobody's seen a boa in the South apparently for like, they're like, years. what kind of strange creature is this? <laughs> Never seen one of these before. These aren't loose down in the Everglades. Well, also, the other one is yeah. like, are all of these corn snakes? Like, they don't, can't imagine they come in different colors. All right, John, mm -hmm. I need you to sing the praises of the San Antonio show because there seems to be shots fired in the chat. Um, tell us why everyone should drive to San Antonio to vend or attend. There's lots Go. of good customers down in San Antonio. I will tell you that. Like, I have people that come up from San Antonio all the way up to the Arlington area or the Odessa shows. Like they are, that's a customer base that is looking for it. I think the shows promoters and not to hate on them. Um, the shows promoters are what is really affecting that area. Mm -hmm. But I know there's a lot like, of good breaks advertising there. wise. You're talking about down there that travels six hours, seven hours just to attend a show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do. <laughs> I'm in, I live in San Antonio. Advertising? I wouldn't say that. So like you, what's the one that Jesse does? It's the Texas reptile expos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. and they yeah. do it. Because that's, not, that's a hot show. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they do like one a quarter down there in mm -hmm. McQueenie. McQueenie. Yeah. Cause they can't be directly in San Antonio right. because of the hots. Mm -hmm. They do an outstanding job. I have, Never had a bad show there. My issue is I ran out of animals to be able to vend that show, and I lost my spot. So I'm waiting Ooh. patiently to get oh, back in no. that show. Um, Take those tables anyway. Yeah. But now a lot of people, especially in Texas, in Colorado, like everything surrounding Texas right now is very much so, oh, we only allow X amount of ball pythons in, yes. which I can understand, and I can mm -hmm. respect that. But if people aren't moving – or if they're not like adding to your show, I don't see why you don't give other people a chance. And that's mm. that's kind of where I'm frustrated at because I would really like to expand. I have people from all over the state that are willing to travel and come visit me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they spend money with me, but they always spend money. Um, I have a question. What, uh, especially since you guys have more experience vending, right? Uh, do you think any of these show promoters would consider doing something like a, a lottery style for tables? Like, you know, you put your name in with however many tables, this is how many tables we have to fill. And instead of going like down a list or you've kept a table, cause then it might not be the same vendors at every single show and everyone has the same chance at, you know, you get, mm -hmm. you get your name. No, people have tables, I know that, that and the people gets into some politicking, people it. are going to get butthurt about it, but I think, you know, for providing variety to the people coming into the door and, you know, we need new people to have a chance, right? Like if you can't, if you don't have a friend who's willing to share a table with you or give you half of their table so you can get started and get your feet wet and build your own community, like it, it's kind of like when you're in college trying to get a retail job and they go, sorry, we're not going to give you a job without having retail experience. Okay. But like, how do I get retail experience if no one's willing to like hire you well, to get that experience in the first place. So if you if you go to like a Repticon show, 
and you vend one of their shows, you get in. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just say from there. And then the next show, when the next show, when you're at that show, you pay for the next show. Um, if there's so many, is it, there's an excess of tables left over, they send it out. If you're on a waiting list or anything, they'll, if you've vended the show before, they'll send you an email with a password, but they don't give you the password until they tell you it's going to be a password and the show is going to open up in two days. So you wait by your phone, like we all used to. And as mm-hmm. soon as that password come out, you copy and paste it and throw it in there and try and get tables. That's how it's been forever. But like John was saying, he didn't vend that one show. He lost his tables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been vending Orlando, Tampa, and Lakeland mm-hmm. religiously for like 10 years, all those shows. So, but for the, even the longest time, even though I was vending them, I still had to get that password. They didn't have that thing where you mm-hmm. can pay for them the next time. So anybody could have got those tables. It's happened to many people that mm-hmm. had the same people, tables three, four years. They go in late and with the password and they didn't get their tables. Then they started where, okay, you vended the last one. If you want these same tables or you want the same amount of tables, sometimes they can move you okay. and you pay for them in advance and then you get them. But if you don't pay for them by Sunday, it doesn't matter if you want to pay for them on Monday. They're gone. They go into potluck. Everybody can book them now. And I've had friends just like John that didn't do that one time or didn't get it in and they lost their tables for good. And now they're trying to get back in. Mm-hmm. Um not that Repticon is the greatest place to vend or anything like that, but mm-hmm. that's where I started. You know what I mean? I, I've done all those shows. I still enjoy doing all those shows. I still have friends, you know, they're, that are vending now or they were customers back in the day. You know, I've seen all these people climb, you know, go through everything to get to where they are now. And it's nice to see that. Um, mm-hmm. But they're still, you know, a lot. I have a lot of friends that are, you know, oh, you got any extra tables for this show and this and that? And I was like, I don't really have any extra tables. I book four tables mm-hmm. for every Repticon that I do. And that I, I tend not to vend with other people unless I just want to like Texas. I gave one to Dale um, just because mm-hmm. I didn't want to vend three in a row. It's too many tables. If it was on a corner, it'd be a different story, but to get tables in some of these places, just to have a lottery for every show. I don't think that's fair. Okay. I mean, if somebody, well, if yeah, I, didn't get I just thought it'd be show, an interesting thing to to spitball around with a group, you know, between buyers, new people to the hobby, some more experienced people. Right, right. But I would be butthurt if I've been vending a show for yeah. 10 years and they told me I didn't have tables for it. Yeah, yeah no, I totally right. get that too. That's what I was saying. Like, that's a great idea, but I mean, people who have tables would hate it. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you vended once or twice it. before in the last three years and I've been there religiously mm-hmm. for 10 Mm-hmm. and I didn't get tables and somebody else mm-hmm. did that was brand new. I'd be like, you know, and they show up with a plastic tablecloth and six deli yeah. cups. I'm going to be upset. Yes. Yeah. Or even, uh, are like- I guess in, in between would be like, okay, we have like six tables up for lottery every show. So that yes. you know, the little guys who, you know, say, these well, are all that's like the password. It's kind of a lottery. Yeah. Whoever gets that, that, that password first and gets in there and mm-hmm. picks their tables. It's all electronic. I mean, back in the day though, it was funny when we used to do shows, and it was basically the Tampa and Orlando Repticon. There was one woman that would walk around with a list of all the shows. And she would say, which shows do you want to vent? I'll say, well, I'm going to do the Tampa. I'm going to do the Orlando. I'm going to do a Jacksonville. I'm going to do this. How many tables do you want for each? And she would write the number of tables and you were done. That was it. You'd pay for your tables at the end of the, or at the end of Saturday, you'd pay for your tables at the mm-hmm. show. Um, but <laughs> times have changed at the end of the day like you you got to think of it from a different spot like 
<laughs> we as vendors, we're looking at it as, okay, we want that table, right? Yeah. But when we're at that table, we're looking for our repeat customers. Like I could tell you every, mm -hmm. pretty much everyone that stopped at my table the last two years, except for Jessica. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just obnoxious. So sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead. I love you. Um, but like my repeat customers are people that come and see me regularly. Mm -hmm. I can tell you every time when they talk to me, are they going to receive a little bit better of a deal? Yes, they are because mm -hmm. they're always there. Right. It's the same thing from the promoter standpoint. Now you have these people that come and their deals. Like I know with Herp show, you have to vend X amount of shows throughout the year to receive a discount on your tables. And for mm -hmm. some of these people that do 20, 30 of their shows throughout mm -hmm. the year, they need that discount in order to run that circuit and really move their mm -hmm. inventory, right? Because they might have three or four dead shows, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it's not on Sean and Lori. <laughs> it's just they didn't mm -hmm. they didn't have the presence at that show, or it's their first time in that area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these smaller shows, it's not a okay. Well, we've seen your face on the internet type thing. It's a okay. I've seen you here at my show two or three times now i'm comfortable buying from you right like a locals only show until you make your name for it yeah. in that area yep. well i guess it's like i see both sides because also when i go to a show and i'm like i see the same 15 20 people who i have no interest in their stuff right and i'm just like <laughs> why do i want to pay to go and see and i'm not saying like for these big national shows but especially the more regional size shows right versus you know if i, I that... go and i Say, oh, yeah, there might be, but that's actually core. a huge problem. No, 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 <laughs> at, but it's like, why, why would I want to go to, why would I want to go to the show and spend money moving around the yeah. circuit and they're just getting bigger and you're like, so like is that, and breed something else for a while. Is that part of the reason why there Don't might not be money floating now. around? Is, like money's not floating around because, you know, we're all in the same community. If we're all driving, you know, up to two to three hours and we see the same people with the same animals and money's not going to be spent versus, oh, there's variety. Oh, there's new people. Did you see there was a different vendor here this time? So like, I get I, that. I under, I understand both sides. Right. But like, we can't complain about the market when we're also not offering customers different things or doing anything different to draw in new people. <clears throat> so, uh, it's like it, being in that weird position of like having been on both sides and I'm kind of straddling that line right now between, you know, my previous like nearly decade of, doing the doing the damn thing and now getting back into it and being more on the buyer side at this moment like i see both sides and it's just an interesting talking point with people of different uh experience levels so um uh, like no go ahead i'm sorry i completely oh, I, agree <laughs> with it but the promoter yeah. has a double-edged sword on that right mm -hmm. because the promoter doesn't have just one specific customer like we do mm -hmm. Promoter mm -hmm. has to keep the vendor happy and the yeah. people walking in the door happy. So, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the vendors are happy mm -hmm. when they make sales, yeah. and that it's worth their time. So it's like this this never ending cycle of like, well, what's the right thing to do? It, shake things up and keep it interesting for vendors and buyers. Um, basically, it goes down to everyone needs to do the whole back rack auction. <laughs> 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 spend spend two or three hours stay in your home sell some very burgers. appealing to just yes. pajamas and yeah. buy snakes with the cocktail yeah. in hand and you know 
<laughs> You'd be surprised how many people. It goes message back me. to. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jess. I was just real quick. Just like how many people message me like, I'd rather do this instead of take these animals, slump these animals to three shows in a row. Uh-huh. I might get less money than the final, but I've but the saved time... money. Yeah. Right. Time, so like people that are guess, relatively big. The stress like, on okay. the animals, the quarantining, the mites. Right. I don't think it, it excludes shows, but like there's a right. problem. There's like we have a, a pain point right now where we all have too many low end snakes into a market yeah. that can only accept so many. It is absolutely buying mm-hmm. some, but I don't know. John, what were you saying? They have to go somewhere. Yeah. It goes back to the old days, though. Like, what got all of us into it was having people out in our community willing to reach out, right? Mm-hmm. Someone putting a snake in our hands for the first time, someone doing something for outreach versus just, uh, I know, just let it out. I know it's coming. <laughs> Um, I feel like you see Jess like physically holding. I know she is holding it in. Podcast, (laughs) YouTube, all of that's great, but you're looking at a broad spectrum there, and you're you're going for worldwide coverage with that, or at least attempting worldwide coverage with that, right? You're not looking at local communities. You're like we're not focusing on Texas when we're doing this, even though the majority of us are in Texas in this panel right now. What are we doing locally to grow versus like maybe a state or two away? What are they doing locally? There's a reason why four hours away from me, five hours away from me, whatever, in Tucson, in Arizona, they have a 30 plus year show that gets new people every single year. Mm-hmm. It's because they do the work in that area. It, a lot of us have become too comfortable not having to go out like, a lot, most of us are introverts, and I understand that. I hate being around people. It takes me a week to recover <laughs> from the show. I'm it takes me a week to recover from a freaking yeah. podcast sometimes. But it's like, if we're not out there, like, I, I talk to the people at my kid's school, and I get some of the dirtiest looks, and I get some people mm-hmm. that get intrigued. But oh, I'm yeah. talking snakes every single day now. and mm-hmm. it, it does make me wonder, though. It's not going to grow. It makes me wonder, though, John, because I'm I'm a corporate trainer. It's my day job. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I work with fresh college, fresh out of college <laughs> graduates, right? So these Gen Z um, younger, and I say that now, it hurts my heart to say that I'm not the younger generation anymore. But I work with them, and it makes me wonder, like, how they're engaging the market and how they are becoming involved. Because I think we mm-hmm. had a snake in our hand. I went to the pet store in the mall and saw my first mm-hmm. red tail boa and saw mm-hmm. my first ball python, um, you know, in a 10-gallon aquarium. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how I became it. But how are they engaging the market? Because this is the future. This is the f- mm-hmm. They're the customers now and the customers in the future. I think about my own kids. They're engaging. They are finding out through YouTube. They are finding out through TikTok and Instagram. And so I just, I, it makes me wonder if that is the way that we will be. I think there's a place for it. I personally love going to reptile shows. Mm-hmm. I get to talk to other people who actually care about the stuff that I want to talk about. Whereas at work, uh, my coworkers 
roll their eyes and like, oh my God, not the damn snakes again, you know, and it's always the snakes. So I get to talk to people that actually want to talk about the snakes. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's the part I get out of it is the people, the networking. And sure, I meet people at shows and then I go check out their Morph Market page Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm sending messages and I checked and I do check to see if they have an Instagram and I follow Mm -hmm. them and I see what they're posting. So even I really engage it that way. And I pretty much hardly won't won't buy from someone unless they have an Instagram page and mm-hmm. I can see the pictures. Like I want to see like what projects are you in? What how do your animals look? How does your setups look? You know, mm-hmm. those are the things I want to know. And this younger generation, I don't know that that's that they do, you know, our turn. I, I could be wrong, but I know how the peop the ones that I interact with, they they interact with the world differently. And I'm just curious to see how that's going to affect moving forward, like how we do business and how we sell. And you can already see that the social media is pop is, is a big Mm -hmm. part. Like we know who we, we, we order the snake ahead of time and I just go pick it up, you know, from that person. So I don't really know where I was going with it, but it just made me think like we have to have a snake in a hand. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a place for that. I just don't know what it is. And I don't know how much that's going to be important. It just makes me curious about it. Well, okay. I think oh, like I four know. of us started going at the same time. <laughs> I was going to say it's kind of like, uh, you know, anything else. So like I'm in real estate and there's a whole I when I first got my license and was dabbling and dipping my toes in the real estate waters, I did not realize how much of my time was going to just be spent networking and talking to people and getting to know other agents and vendors and going to schmoozy type events where it's all about those connections. And like, I started a book club in my community in my neighborhood last year, right after I had back surgery, because I was like, you know what, this, I get to know people in my neighborhood. It work stuff happens to come up and there are other real estate people in the group, but like, they all know now that I'm the snake lady too. And like when people have giant Texas rat snakes on their doors, they're like, oh my God, where's Marissa? Like, please come <laughs> save us. Um, or, you know, they say, hey, you know, my kid is thinking about getting a pet and we might be considering getting a gecko or a snake. Like, can you come over and bring maybe a ball python and a corn snake and a leopard gecko and like help educate my kid? And like the shirts I got, I, I was... I was running way behind. I wanted to be able to wear a shirt with my logo at Arlington, you know, visibility and all that. And I found someone in a local networking group. That's like a women owned business networking group. So there's shirt makers and real estate agents and carpet clean, you know, everything you can imagine. And I just posted saying, hey, I need some shirts on quick turnaround. Who who can help me? And this woman, she hosts a, a monthly coffee get together that's part of this networking group. And she let me know, she was like, hey, after I made your shirts, like I went on your Instagram and like, oh my God, I didn't know they were so beautiful. And they, they like, I'm so <laughs> curious. And I, and I was like, well, hey, next coffee get together. Like I can throw a few snakes in my backpack and <clears throat> micro, you know, show. <laughs> micro show, right? Like whether or not people choose to, like we can go to the side and have a little show and tell with grown adults who have children or might know people, but you know, it's, making that little bit of a difference with someone in your circle that you know, but guess what? The next time someone's like, Hey, I think so-and-so wants to get a pet, uh, a pet snake for their kid, or they have this really cool space. They want to put a display cage with something. 
right? I'm like, guess what? You can buy like a hundred dollar corn snake and put it in a super cool display enclosure and bada bing, bada boom, you have a fun, cool, interactive pet and they get bitten by the bug. How many people do you know actually stop at one snake? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody Not stops one. at just one. Nobody. <laughs> by the time you go, okay, by the time you order online rodents, it just makes sense. Yeah. You're feeding one, you might as well feed, feed 20. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a very slippery slope yeah. to meet people. <laughs> and then they go, oh, look, I can get this little male triple head that you're selling for 75 bucks. But wait, I can make what? Show me that $5,000 snake. You're telling me that I can raise up some females and like have this cool little breeding group and I can make my own. Like that's where we all started, right? Like we had someone put a snake in our hands in elementary school and show us how cool and interactive these animals are. And we understand the genetics and their behaviors. And I think finding a way to ignite that passion again, whether it's in adults or kids on social media in person, you know, yes, we have our little circle, but there's only so many of us, right? There's only mm -hmm. so many of us. And there's so many people who enjoy pet reptiles. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, like whether it's a $5,000 animal or a $50 animal, they can be a pet just as much as a, a breeder, depending on how much someone wants to spend. All right, so, Shane's here, so we gotta go. Oh, oh no, we gotta go. Bye, Shane. <laughs> William's here also. What's up, William? That okay. was so much more eloquently than I did. That's why I don't yeah. get sales. I she can't. She was spitting. So let's do like final thoughts. Like, will you vend or attend NARBC Dallas in the spring? Um, and are you looking forward to it or whatever? Just like, and we'll go around because we're about done with our time. Uh, you all have, Steve has a thousand snakes clean. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 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 um, I'll be vending it. I already put in for my tables. I got my tables for the next show. Um, I'm going to go in with a little bit different perspective on it this time, though, than I did last time. Mm -hmm. um, it's also going to see how Tinley is, too, because I have Tinley coming up next weekend, and I'll see how Tinley is in March prior to going to that one. Mm -hmm. That'll probably determine on what I'm going to bring. I may be bringing a lot of pet stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, not all pet stuff, but... Um, lower end stuff that will probably move at that show opposed to, you know, 10 or $15,000 snakes. But I, I'm going to look forward to it. I always look forward to going to Texas because I like the people out there. Um, there's a lot of people I don't get to see all year round that only do the Texas show. So um, I have a good time out there. My son was actually stationed in Fort Hood. So when we go to Texas, we go and see him. He's in the Army. And, but the next time we go, he'll be stationed in Alaska. So this is the last oh. kind of time we're going to see him. I don't know how many reptile shows there are in Alaska. Yeah. There are none. <laughs> <laughs> He's in like Fairbanks or no, oh, there won't be any God. reptiles out there. I I might my dream was always just not to get Elmo as like a duty station. I was like, I will do anything not to have to fight a bear for my trash. <laughs> He's looking forward to it. <laughs> More power to right. him. All right, John, will you vend or attend? I will vend. I am never going to give that spot up. Okay. Uh, it took me way too you long to get it. <laughs> Whether I make money or not, it's going to be a different thing, but I don't think I'll give up one way or another. So, Would you consider vending? Because you can't like necessarily change the animal composition you bring, like vending items or more merch or stupid plastic crap. Or, or like, would you change some of the composition of what you're selling? If the show becomes more 
mid or just like we'll take it on the chin each time i think i'm just gonna take it on the chin like i pl i plan on putting out much more diversity as far as species within the next couple of years anyways mm -hmm. so i'm not too worried about that i think i'll i'll have something for most people one way or everyone um, just have something for everyone yeah apparently uh Jennifer, vend or attend? I won't have anything to sell. <laughs> so I will, which I don't know. At this point in time, I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I don't have anything to sell right now. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just pumping mice and rats into stuff. So I will be uh, at uh, attending Dallas now, since we'll have to start calling it Dallas um, so NARBC. Hard. I know mm -hmm. it sucks. Um but I will be there. I'm excited to. Um, Are you going to get a hotel and do both nights again and make it a weekend? Well, that's what I was just about to say. Thank okay, you. It's a wonderful segue. We need Introvert House 2024 Dallas, where we all get a hotel room and read quietly in separate rooms. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> I, I think that everybody wants a party house. I don't want the party house. No. I want the let's all like be a people adjacent you know like be around people that we like without being too close you <laughs> no know touching. With no touching <laughs> and just have our own books and ipads and hang out in our own rooms quietly and mm. have a nice meal Sounds so i'm very relaxing i'm still down for uh introvert house we need to make that happen hopefully so, we all yeah. don't get shanked in the parking lot though that's my that's dream true i won't right. get shanked in the parking lot i'm okay. not worried about are you that. concealed carrying I'm open carrying. I don't know what happens to. in Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm, it's I, constitutional here. I can hang. I don't have to question. <laughs> All right, Marissa, will you be vending? The thing is, is I'm worried it's going to become not a destination show, and so you'll lose the high-end people because we'll be like catering mm -hmm. to the pet people, and then people won't come and fly in for the weekend mm. just to have fun and network, yeah. and it will default back to like – basically reptile nation or something like a big pet show and i'm like mm -hmm. that's not that fun because you we can't all go to tinley and compete over yeah. one high-end show only you need one you need a pomona a tinley mm -hmm. and something in the south and daytona so that's like a good spread but yeah you know. no i'll be attending probably a one day because uh i do not really have many people i trust to watch my dogs i have a few that are they, they need a special hand. They need a certain type of person. Um, and boarding six dogs, even for two nights, is mm -hmm. expensive. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. they can have a long day at home while I hoof it back and forth. Because, uh, you know, I'm just north of Austin. So it's not exactly a, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump. But it's, it's a long day. But uh, it keeps the cost down. I can still see everything I need to see. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I, when I lived in Florida, I, I would fly out to Arlington for the show, spend a good chunk of money and ship your reptiles had their little table and they would ship all my critters back to me. And, uh, you know, again, when I lived in Florida, I'd go to Daytona all the time, you know, spend big money there. But I feel like since getting back into the hobby last year, it just, the vibe at these bigger shows seems way different than, you know, eight, 10, 12 years ago, but mm -hmm. I, I can't always compare my current experience to my previous experience, but it's hard when that's, that's where the bar was set and now things are so different. So. Mm -hmm. 
All right. It sounds like it's going to be good. Everyone should come down, including Snake Discovery. You're invited yeah. back. Come on. <laughs> Girlfriend, let's go. No. I don't give a shit. No. Just come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and hopefully, like, the influencers come back because, you know, I don't know. I'm not an influencer. I suck ass. But, you know, <laughs> if you get, like, hype to it, there will be hype. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you right. pretend like it's going to suck ass and you're going to sell bananas for $10... It will suck mm-hmm. ass. So, like, <laughs> see everybody in, in April, okay? What the heck? No shaking allowed. <laughs> That's my final word. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming on. I know you tolerated a lot of weird stuff that I just said right now at the end, but we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, bye, everybody at home. It is. Bye. That was popping. Bye. Cool.